good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and around here, we kick off today by wishing all of our listeners, and especially Matt Neely, making the magic happen on the other side of the glass, a happy... Wednesday Eve here on Tipping Point. Uh, Matt, good morning. It's Wednesday Eve. We, we've almost made it through the week at this point. Happy Wednesday Eve, Zach. Happy uh, Flag Day. And, yes. uh, you know, couple uh, today, tomorrow, Thursday, some yep. hot weather. And then we got chances of rain Friday <laughs> and right. Saturday. So just uh, a little bit longer. Bring it on. Bring it on. I use the Calm app for a variety of things. If nobody's oh. used it before, it's absolutely fantastic for a variety of things. But they have these things called soundscapes. Um, and it's kind of what it sounds like. It's sound environments that just kind of play perpetually. And the one I was playing yesterday was my afternoon work session. It was called City Rain. So I was yeah. doing I was doing my best, Matt, to uh, to 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 bring in the rains the end of the week. So I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. All right. <laughs> what I'm most curious about is this widespread haze that's in the forecast between eight and ten yeah. p.m. We'll have to stay tuned to see what that's all about. For sure. For sure. Well, I'm looking forward to today's show, as I do most days, but the the conversation today will be fun and full. Half of it's with a special guest, half of it is just me. You can give us a call and join the conversation for both. 520-790-2040 is the call in line. Uh, I want to talk about a recent piece that came out from the Arizona Chamber, Housing as an Economic Issue. How Arizona's housing shortage puts Arizona's red-hot economy at risk. Also want to talk about a recent veto of electric vehicle legislation in Colorado by the Democratic governor there, Jared Polis, and uh, how how it relates to a Tucson story. I'm always looking to connect. And then, of course, we'll give uh, we'll give a special Tucsonan a shout out uh, a little bit later in the show. But the first half, our first conversation is with Edgar Soto. He's with me in studio. And we're going to talk about uh, something that I think could have a huge impact, and so does he, on the economy of Southern Arizona uh, around sports. So let's uh, let's get into it, Edgar. Thanks for making it down today. It's good to see you. Good morning, Zach. Thank you for having me. So so let's start real quick in way of introduction. Uh, your day job uh, here yes. in Southern Arizona. Who are you? What do you do? And then we'll get to your community hat in a second. Yeah. Well, my day job is I'm currently the vice president at Pima Community College, and I overlook the Desert Vista campus, but been at Pima for over 25 years. Got it. Got it. And that's uh, that's what you do. But you're also involved, and really why we're here this morning, you're involved on an effort to, if I understand it right, establish a sports authority here in, in southern Arizona. Did I get that right? That's correct. It's a sports tourism and film authority. Got it. Okay. So we had something similar way back in 2008. We had a Pima County Sports and Tourism Authority. Okay. What happened to that? So back in 2008, we were charged with trying to retain Major League Baseball for spring training. <sighs> so yeah, so we had the uh, Diamondbacks and the Rockies were agreeing to stay, and we're in negotiation with three other major league teams, and we had plans to build a stadium in Marana. Had the plans mm-hmm. completed, things were kind of moving forward, and when it got to the point where this was going to get voted on, it was a year there was a controversy issues, and I think at that time the Democrats walked out. It just never got to a vote. So 
what happened is, you know, Phoenix at the state legislature at the state okay. legislative level, yeah, and and so it never got to a vote, but that was going to give us a, a taxing authority to do some things to retain those two teams and to attract other teams, and it never got to a vote. And had that happened, I mean, you could imagine that I ten corridor going mm. to Phoenix would have been filled with business and industry because we would have had three teams hmm. there in Marana. So w- what would have been a total of five teams? What what would those have been? Well, I th- you know, we were in some soft talks with Washington Nationals, Baltimore Orioles, and, and Milwaukee Brewers. There were teams that were talking, that were interested, and we had talked to them in the past. So a couple of them were from the Grapefruit League, and one of them was from the Cactus League. So okay. just trying to do some upgrades, some, you know, create some more uh, uh, facilities to do some things. With Also, there was a youth and amateur sports mm-hmm. component to that also to try to improve fields to try to the parks and recreation to try to um increase tourism and create create economic mobility here in tucson or southern arizona in your mind and i I, my this is probably my last question on the past because i want to i want to look to the future we can't do anything about the past but we can do something about the future in your mind because you've been involved with this you've been watching it um, why did we lose uh minor league minor league screen baseball in your mind everyone has an opinion what's yours i I mean i think there's a lot of different parts to that i think part of it as you said something in your introduction you said shaping tucson's future and i think sometimes we get comfortable and we just have these expectations that we're always going to have spring training we're always going to have these opportunities out here but that takes constant nurturing cultivating to make sure we keep some of these things that are going on in southern arizona and i think we just i'm not sure the exact reason but but I think that we learned a lesson. Here we are in 2022, mm-hmm. and to think that we might have a major league team here again, possibly, or have a big Hollywood production is exciting to think about. And I just want to make sure that here in 2022 that we've learned mm-hmm. from our past and we set up the dominoes and things we need to do so that if this opportunity does happen, we've got the infrastructure, we've got some things in place to support it. Right. So, so uh, we're, we're going to get into this more in depth in the second segment mm-hmm. for sure, but... What, what what could a sports film tourism authority do to uh, keep the dusters in town? That HBO mm-hmm. series that, despite all of our best efforts, there wasn't enough support from the state legislature fast enough mm-hmm. to really seal the deal. Um, or again, support some of the the sports that are already happening here, but also sports that could come here. Why would it? Why would a? Why would this authority make a difference going forward? So it would give us the ability to create incentives or rebates. It's not a tax credit. I want to be clear about that because I know there's some issues with tax credits and film. But but it's an incentive bill. So we could do things to, you know, incentivize a film like Duster, the HBO Max film, to to stay here. That was. Uh, I think if we would have gotten of that, that would have been about. It million dollar mm-hmm. economic impact for us but we can maybe do things to give them incentives so they stay here and to create some conditions and 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 situations where where it's going to make sense for them to stay here in tucson or southern arizona for sure uh, and before we go to the the break then the the that this is not a theoretical bill as i understand well, what's the bill and it's 
it's working its way through the state legislature, correct? So it's Senate Bill 1710. We had okay. an ad hoc committee a while back. I've been working on this for about three years, and, and a few other people, Blake Eager, Darcy Mentone, Peter, I'm going to get his last name wrong, but Cantillon from um, Visit Tucson here, been working on this for a while. But it, it w- it, this bill, we created an ad hoc committee and then the opportunity to, to pass a bill to get it through. Got it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and where in the process is that? So went through House appropriations, got bipartisan support, unanimous support. Um, I mean, Senate appropriations, I'm sorry. Senate appropriations got through the Senate floor, and it actually got through House appropriations. Now it's in the House floor. Okay. So it just needs to pass through the House floor, and then the governor needs to sign it, and then mm-hmm. our authority will be created. Right. And it's kind of interesting that this was happening alongside of the film incentive bill mm-hmm. that we've talked about a lot on this yeah. show, and it's gotten a lot of press. Maybe 1710 hasn't gotten enough uh, love. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it uh, out there. You know, I think 1708, Senate Bill 1708 has created a lot of... Uh, that was the film incentive. The film incentive, Got it. yeah, okay. and that's through all of Arizona. Yep. But what's interesting is both these... Um, Bills um, complement each other. They don't compete with each other. They complement each other. So I think um, we are getting a lot of bipartisan support. I think a lot of that has to do with our sponsor, David Gowan, who mm-hmm. sees the mm-hmm. how responsible tourism, tourism done the right way can yeah. create economic mobility and create a lot of opportunities, economic development, social development, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally uh, grateful that he has... Um, taken a focus this legislative session mm-hmm. on both 1708 and 1710 because uh, I, I, my understanding is David Gowan was a huge supporter maybe slash sponsor of 17 uh, of the film incentive bill I th- it was, I I, yeah, yeah if I yeah. understand right yeah he is the sponsor of both bills Got Senate it. Bill 1708 and 1710 yeah and I, and I think it's a situation where we can you know set up these dominoes now and these opportunities come along like a film like duster if this two bills had been in place i don't think we would have lost duster Mm -hmm. right yeah it did seem like we were a few months few months behind we're with edgar soto uh, in studio we're gonna go to our first break when we come back part two of our conversation i want edgar edgar to look into his crystal ball in a, in a year or two when the sports authority is established what's happening in yeah. tucson we've actually had this conversation over a cup of coffee maybe you can recreate it uh here i'll on try the, I'll see I, if i remember it yeah. got me excited yeah and i think it will some of our listeners too we'll be right back here we're just getting started on this tuesday wednesday eve edition of tipping point i'm your host zach yenser lots to go here on the program don't go anywhere Local news and talk all day, every day. 1030, The Voice. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their B on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson cashoffer.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open-air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. back tucson and all of southern arizona you're listening to tipping point live out of the common workspace studios with edgar soto live here in studio he is on the team working to push through senate bill 1710 which would establish a southern arizona sports uh tourism and film authority that's correct um here in in this region the film incentive that we've talked about a lot in the region 1708 um, is sponsored by the same guy uh, david gowan um but that is this one we're talking about today is southern arizona oriented we talked a little bit about what it would do in the last segment. I want to take some time, this segment, Edgar, to get inside your head, hmm. cast some vision for us of this sports authority gets through the, gets through the House, goes to the governor's desk. He signs it. We now have a, 
Sports Tourism and Film Authority in Southern Arizona. Take me two or three, four, five years on. What's possible in Tucson? What's the impact of this? I love that question because it gives us an opportunity just to kind of have a vision. And something that happens a lot in Tucson, I feel, is that whenever you, somebody comes up with an idea, it gets squashed, right? Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, here we are, one step away from getting mm-hmm. something like this done. And this authority would allow us an opportunity to purchase land, do some things that we can attract industry and business here to Southern Arizona. So just as a vision, I met with Amanda Powers from FC Tucson the other day, and they're doing some really great things there with professional Mm -hmm. soccer. And I've always thought that, of course, I would love to have like a major league team or NFL team, but that would be challenging to build, you know, a huge stadium like that, right? But I think an area where we haven't really explored a lot is the opportunity of an NBA team. I think there's 28 teams right now, and I I know Las Vegas, Seattle, places that want to get into the NBA. And you think about it, and you think about maybe having an arena for maybe the NBA, FC Tucson, somewhere downtown. I don't know about the space and all that stuff. So this is just me with this vision and and, and dream. But, you know, I, I think we need to dream it. We need to look at the possibilities you know, an 18,000-seat arena is not I, – I think we'd be able to fill that up. A lot of people say, well, you don't have the people. There's a few NBA teams that have less population than us mm-hmm. and have NBA teams. What are, what are some examples? So, you know, I think in, in Utah, I know um, Portland, I, th- I think um, some of those teams. I, I think there's a couple others. And, and you look at the University of Arizona and their popularity. I mean, we fill McHale, 14,000 seat arena every game from my understanding the women pretty close to filling it up as well but i think you know we're a basketball town and you look at university of arizona they're always at the top of the pac-12 as far as attendance but you just look at these possibilities and my goal is just to have the infrastructure in place that if that opportunity comes about that we're ready for it we can pounce on it and we're ready to maybe um, create that situation i think there's some people here in southern arizona that um, might be interested. But I know people will probably say, oh, no, that's not possible. Well, if we don't try, I guarantee it's not going to happen. I think we got to give it an effort with some of the FC Tucson stuff going on with professional soccer, with the NBA, Major League Baseball, film. I mean, we used to have a real robust film industry here. We um, got what's called the 300-mile zone, that if somebody wants to have a film here, they've got Mountains, they got highways, they can even go into Mexico because I think we've got an agreement with them for the beaches and other things. So there's some opportunities here that if we kind of do these things correctly, that we can. I, I mean, the bottom line is we can create some opportunities to have business, industry, and bottom line, good jobs so people can have good jobs that pay well and live lives of meaning and purpose. When you look around at and, and maybe one. Uh, I could be wrong about this, but I think population-wise, culture-wise, their place in the state-wise, I think San Antonio Mm -hmm. uh, is another city that is close uh, to Tucson in terms of those things. When you look at uh, great sports cities around the country, besides a sports authority that can move some of these pieces around. Mm-hmm. What makes them successful there that maybe we need to do better here? I think that Tucson 
we have a lot of nonprofits. I think you and I talked about this more nonprofits per capita than most places in the country. And a lot of times we're all kind of seeking the same kind of um, help from the same people. And I, we can figure out a way to pull together and figure out how to work together. Like this bill is not going to take away from anybody. It's going to complement what the city, the county, the state is already doing. But I think you mentioned San Antonio. So San Antonio is a city of gastronomy, which right. is we were the first. But yeah, the second. yeah. Tucson yeah. is yeah. also so you know. <laughs> so we are a city of gastronomy, and I think there's only 15 in the whole world, right? And so we got these opportunities with food and different kinds of restaurants and things that we have that I think that we have a culture in a way where, where, you know, we should show the world and do it in a responsible way, and we can create that economic mobility, economic impact. When we've when we've had the organizers, I, I'm getting so mixed up with my numbers, Edgar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 1708 was the film. Is the film? There we go. So when we had folks on, we had Peter Catalanote from uh, Film Tucson. Oh, you said his name correctly, Catalanote. I had to, okay. pra- I had to <laughs> yeah. practice a lot, uh, but yeah, that the record show. Yes. Um, 1708 is you know he said, hey, call these legislators. We want Southern Arizona support for this. Is there anything our listeners can do today? to keep pushing this sports authority to the governor's desk? Do you I think talking to their legislature, you know, the House of Representatives, and, and talk to them and let them know that this is a positive. Um, I've talked to a few people that are really excited that, uh, you know, when we did have this film industry here and, and films going on at old Tucson, a lot of those people that are in New Mexico, Georgia, California, they want to come back to Tucson. And so we have an opportunity where some learning can take place. The other part that is is important to realize here is that a lot of our very gifted and talented students that graduate from the University of Arizona, Pima, they have to go out of state to find good jobs or out of Tucson, other than Arizona. And I want to mention there's six counties involved in this, potentially eight counties. And we need to create pathways so we can retain some of our talent and bring some of our talent back. And I think that would create a situation where we can continue to um, kind of grow, evolve, and, and, and create these opportunities. Sure. Uh, I- I- any other way that people can get a hold of you, or is there uh, an email or a website or a group or anything related to your efforts? You know, I'll s- I'll share with you a a link that explains what's going on that the visit Great. Tucson sent out, and it, Great. it has a lot of information, contact information. But if anybody has questions, and I think there's some confusion with sometimes with what you know with tax credits and other things going on that we want to clear up to make sure that people understand that this is an opportunity to create some business and economic mobility here in Southern Arizona. For sure. Uh, you'll send that to me or do you? I'll send it you, to you. Okay, perfect. I'll send it to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that, I promise I'll put that up on my uh, public yeah. social media so people can people can see it. But, you know, I do think that we have to figure out ways that we can remain, that we can remain competitive. I think Tucson, uh, often it's part of our charm, thinks we live in this bubble. Um, and that the world kind of revolves around us. And the reality is that the world moves fast, and we have to keep up with it as the 33rd largest city in America. Mm-hmm. And some of that is figuring out how can our public sector support the work um, of the private sector in very key, pointed, and appropriate ways. Edgar, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to hear more about what you're up to. Best of luck to you. Thank you. And I like the, the picture of the future that you painted. I'm there. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Tucson, when we come back after a short break, we're going to talk about a couple other uh, current events in Tucson and some stories nationally that have an impact on us here. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Tipping Point on 1030 The Voice. We'll be right back. Uh. 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. Opening, uh, they opened downtown last fall, and I'm pleased to share that they're doing quite well. Little Love Burger is serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream, milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on their social media at Little Love Burger and mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15.15% discount off your next order. We just uh, said goodbye to Edgar Soto, our guest for the first half of the hour, and he is working with a group here in Southern Arizona to establish a Southern Arizona Sports, Tourism, and Film Authority and it's Senate Bill 1710. Boy, after it being mentioned three or four times for a half an hour, I finally got it right. Uh, it's been, it's gone through the Senate. It's gone through a phase or two in the House. And it's really uh, one step, it sounds like, from getting to the governor's desk. And uh, uh, David Gowan, uh, Southern Arizona lawmaker, sponsored both 1710 and 1708. 1708 being the film incentive bill. Uh, that we've discussed a lot on this show. And both are uh, really ways of figuring out how do we channel sports and tourism and film to create economic mobility and opportunity uh, in a variety of ways in Southern Arizona. So we wish Edgar the, the best of luck. I think this would be a good thing. Um, and he presented some big ideas, but certainly, Matt, uh, losing spring baseball, I think, will will sting for at least a few years more. He said that, um, as a way of saying if we can have this sports authority and this concept you know, uh, is not necessarily new, but if it was fully effective and in place, maybe we could have provided what teams needed to stay here. But Matt, I don't know about you, every time that gets mentioned, I kind of twinge a little bit. It still hurts that we lost spring baseball. But 
good things can still be ahead. It was going to be tough uh, for them to stay here, especially once they lost one of them. There was three. You lose one. It, it's just too much commuting to the Phoenix area. So I think that was just yeah. inevitable. You had to kind of build from the three for the, for that to work. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it is interesting. Something I haven't really thought about a lot um, is that there are some major sports cities that are kind of the size and I would even venture to say culture of Tucson. And, you know, I hadn't really thought of that before, to be honest, before I started uh, connecting with Edgar, both on the show and off the show, uh, of just saying, yeah, I mean, there's obviously ma major gaps. You look at, for example, a San Antonio and uh, similar food city, similar culture, similar size, similar kind of space within the state, uh, kind of a similar role. Uh, but there is, and I don't know what it all is, but there's a sense, I think if you're listening right now, as I'm talking, there's a sense that there's something missing, right? That there's something in some of those other places that make uh, that possible um, versus what is what is here. And I think that's why I'm so bullish on, you know, things like FC Tucson, uh, the Sugar Skulls, uh, the Roadrunners. Uh, I know, um, you know, there, it's been in somewhat of the papers, the Roadrunners, for example, would love to see more local support uh, and more investment of different kinds in making that happen. So I think that there is, um, that there is something in the water in Tucson that needs to shift if we want to grow into some of the things that I think we can. So I'll leave it there because I've got a lot else that I want to talk about, one of which is the food city that we are. Uh, Matt, how about uh, Don Guerra uh, winning a James Beard Award for Outstanding Baker yesterday? Add another to the list. We uh, punch way above our weight when it comes to food. And Don, congratulations to you. Uh, you're a friend of so many in Tucson. You deserve this. Uh, congratulations and, and Matt I know you you share that as well absolutely uh, makes a great product he's uh, he's interested in sharing the craft of baking with others and it's been that way for a long time he was doing this from the very beginning he wants to teach people how to bake um, he uses uh, legacy grains from the area so he, he, he incorporates things that are unique to the region um, and again, he makes a great product. I mean, it all starts with that. It all starts with knowing what you're doing, doing it well. And clearly the man has a passion for what he does and it shows yeah. in, no, in the finished sure. product product. Well, I think his story is crazy too. And I'd love to have him on the show, uh, over the next few weeks. So I might try to make that happen. I know he'll be making, he'll be making the rounds anyway. Um, but you know, his story is interesting as I understand it. He's, was actually a school teacher for a while and transitioned into this as a passion project and his entrepreneurial journey is pretty cool i think he started doing what he's doing now out of his garage correct and just stuck with it and it's a great entrepreneurial story not just a food story but a great entrepreneurial story here in tucson in southern arizona and now he's got national recognition if not beyond so good for don just uh, what a great and he's a great dude too i yep. mean just a good person, 
Um, sometimes you don't always get that combination, success and a good person, but he's the combo. Yeah, and Zach, <laughs> so. and I don't remember the details about it, but he got some sort of a grant to kind of help him start his business. And he took that seriously. Yeah. He took that as, yeah. uh, you know, people investing in him. And I think that partially fuels his interest in sharing again the craft the art of baking with yeah. people i think and so somebody who has that sense of gratitude and uh, wants to turn that around and 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 uh outreach with outreach to others absolutely absolutely such a great story and i didn't want today to go by um without recognizing it but uh, there's a couple of uh, of dot connecting things that i want to do before before the show is out. I want to talk about, and then we'll get into it here. Uh, I know we have a break coming up, but I want to talk about a, a piece written by the CEO of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce about housing. And I want to use that to springboard into an interesting conversation. Uh, the, the Democratic governor of Colorado vetoed an electric vehicle charging proposal and I want to talk about how that connects to housing and a similar issue in Tucson. So, so that's if that all winds together and makes sense. That's where, um, that's where I want to go. But let's fit this in before the break. I, I, I saw this piece. I texted it to a few friends because it was incredibly, incredibly validating. And let me just say this: I, I, I think it is, um, it is awkward for me. I try not to do it a lot. Uh, I don't have this platform to pat myself on the back. I don't like doing it. It doesn't make for good radio. You don't tune in to hear that. Um, but many of you know listening that uh, I, I really started getting involved in speaking about the housing issue in Arizona probably six or seven years ago. And I joked with our guest Tom Heath yesterday. I started talking about housing before it was cool. Right, uh, there were a few of us, uh, and not not necessarily a small group, but there was a few core of us, uh, a few in the business community, certainly many in the neighborhoods around this city, who started huddling in rooms six, seven, eight years ago and saying, "We are on the verge of a big city, big state housing crisis." If you talk to most people, they're not going to see it, they're not going to talk about it. It's not on the, uh, on the front of people's minds, but we have all of the ingredients for a housing crisis. And I clearly remember this realization. I think I've talked about this on the show too, where at, certainly at first, you know, at the front end of those six, seven, eight years ago conversation, I remember thinking to myself, there's a lot of neighbors and a lot of nonprofits and a lot of community advocates who are having this conversation and saying we are on the front edge of a housing crisis. But I, I was also at the same time in a lot of business rooms, chamber rooms, business org rooms, economic development rooms, sometimes in the same day. And I thought to myself, it's really interesting that we're not hearing this in those rooms. I, and I remember thinking to myself, and I probably said it on here back in the day, until those two rooms come together, and in some ways they're still not together, but until at least the conversation is happening in both spaces, we're not going to meaningfully tackle and bring attention to the housing crisis. That the housing crisis 
that we are about to get, and this is me speaking from four, five, six, seven, eight years ago, needs to be framed at least in part as an economic crisis. It needs to be framed in in the view of the economy, not just neighborhood sustainability, not just you know being able to provide housing to those who are vulnerable. All that needs to be the conversation too, but we need to frame it in terms of the economy. Well, yesterday uh, comes out a piece uh, written by Danny Seiden, who is the new-ish president and CEO of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce and Industry, the statewide Arizona Chamber. The opening line, could failure to solve Arizona's housing shortage put Arizona's red-hot economy at risk? Danny talks about how, how our economy is booming. Uh, he says, simply put, nothing fate, circumstance, or a public health crisis have thrown at the state has slowed down the pace of our economy. Listen to this. The Arizona housing supply crisis absolutely has the potential to derail the state's economic development efforts and hurts tens of thousands of businesses, large and small, if we don't take meaningful action to address the shortage of housing immediately. We are welcoming 100,000 new Arizonans a year, my friends. Rental occupancy stands at 98%, which is a record. Few homes are for sale in the Arizona Department of Housing says that we need to build 270,000 new rental units over the next few years to just keep up with this surging demand. He writes this, it's alleged, is it his, his words, not mine. Unfortunately, too many local mayors and council members seem more interested in scoring points with residents uh, who are often anti-new development, anti-housing, than in passing workable solutions for Arizona's housing shortfall. Arizona needs more housing at every price point in every region of the state. And he says what I said on this show a few weeks ago, by the way, that President Biden, quote, with whom the Arizona Chamber rarely sides, nailed it, says Danny Seiden, in April when Joe Biden said, President Joe Biden said, exclusionary land use and zoning policies constrain land use, artificially inflate prices, perpetuate historical patterns of segregation, keep workers in lower productivity regions and limit economic growth, unquote. I'm not going to read the full article. That makes for bad radio. But uh, I want to say thank you uh, to uh, business leadership, at least at the state level, uh, for coming to the table finally. This has been happening at some level regionally. It needs to be louder and it needs to be bigger uh, because we are in a full-blown housing crisis that is going to create negative economic impact. We cannot live with few homes for sale, 98 percent occupancy 270,000 workforce housing units short in this state we cannot have that and have a hundred thousand new arizonans a year come in that that is not going to create a balance that creates long-term success of any kind in this state and my gut hunch has always been until we saw these kind of pieces until we saw the business community say this is not just a social um, or justice or equity issue this is a business and economy issue we were going to spin our wheels so i hope this points to some good things when we come back from the break I want to talk about a story that absolutely relates because it's happening here in Tucson. Uh, The governor of Colorado vetoing electric vehicle charging station requirements for new housing, why he did it, 
and what it means for Tucson because we're in the middle of that conversation in Tucson as the Tucson City Council wants to do something similar here in Tucson. So we're going to talk about that on our way back. A wide-ranging drive time hour of Tipping Point wraps up on the other side. Keep us right here. Don't go anywhere. Tipping Point returns in just a minute. source for trusted local news and talk 1030 the voice zach yenzer here host of tipping point and i want to tell you that decibel coffee works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about run by a great local team of people who care about the tucson community you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks beans pastries and more there's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022 to see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world visit decibelcoffeeworks.com and visit them at 267 south avenida del convento mention you heard about them on tipping point with zach yenzer for 10 percent off your next order on anything you buy Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, some ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. This is Bill Buckmaster, Monsoon 2022 Preview at noon on 1030, Tucson's voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Bill, give us some good news at noon. Tell us the monsoon is coming. I'll be listening. Oh, Decibel Coffee Works uh, is making this show happen today, run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community. Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home. And while we're out and about, you can go to decibelcoffeeworks.com, D-E-C-I-B-E-L, coffeeworks.com, one word, or visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. 
mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything that you buy. Uh, so uh, time is ticking. I wanted to talk about a story that happened somewhere else than Arizona, but actually I think has an impact on what happens here. This was written about over the weekend in kind of a, a legacy media uh, platform. Uh, governor Polis, Democratic governor of Colorado, vetoes bill requiring commercial multifamily buildings to have electric car charging stations. House Bill 1218 in the Colorado legislature uh, would have applied to new high occupancy buildings as well as to renovation of 50% or more of an existing high occupancy building buildings and it would have required certain commercial buildings and multifamily residences to include electric vehicle charging stations depending on the building's uh, size. In his veto letter, Polis wrote, Governor Polis wrote that he fears the bill would quote result in higher housing costs at a time when Coloradans uh, are struggling to afford them. HB 1218 does not include enough flexibility to adapt to changing infrastructure. While installing EV charters up front can be less expensive over the long run, requiring it would result in higher costs. We also need an approach to charging infrastructure that recognizes the different uses and needs of different buildings and communities uh, and is concerned that as the charging infrastructure develops and innovates and changes, that the cost of replacing that infrastructure, uh, even over the short term, uh, would be would be expensive. So I, I read about this veto over the weekend. Um, again, I think you know valuable in the sense that it's a similar conversation to what is happening locally in the city of Tucson around EV charging, uh, but that also was vetoed by a Democratic um, administration. So what is the Tucson uh, connection here in Tucson? Uh, this Tucson City Council uh, is considering requirements for larger uh, retail businesses and for new apartments and commercial development, uh, devotion of 10% of parking spaces to a combination of charging stations and EV-ready uh, power outlets. Um, and um, so there's a commercial component and there is a there is a housing component, new commercial property developments to include uh, minimum EV infrastructure ranging from EV capable pre-wiring to EV charging stations, um, so on and uh, so on and so forth. Apartment and other multifamily housing developments and hotels will be required to install EV ready power outlets accessible to at least 10% of their parking spaces and make 15% of their space is EV capable. And um, so, so that's what's happening in, in Tucson. And it was interesting, again, to read the story out, out of Colorado because there are certainly some advocacy voices locally um, who are saying, look, we're on board with the shift to electric vehicles, as, by the way, Colorado is. Right, Governor Polis has passed other legislation that begins to move in this direction. Uh, it, it, it is not about the theory or the merit of the thing. It is about the policy of the thing and uh, a recognition that unlike some of these other places, there is still uh, a lower... Uh, a lower use of electric vehicles in Tucson than in some even um, other other peer cities. But my concern 
personally about some of these proposals at a local Tucson uh, level um, are shared by Governor Polis of Colorado, that we are at a time where we say, um, and locally our leaders say, we have an affordable housing crisis, and they are correct. We have, uh, we have a housing abundance crisis. I don't care whether you're looking at affordable workforce, luxury, we need it all, we don't have enough of it all, we have a housing abundance crisis. I don't use the word crisis unless I mean it. I promised it to you. I think I've proved it to you over the last couple of years on this show. I don't use crisis to whip up emotion. I only use it if I actually think it is. We have one. We have an affordable housing crisis. At local levels, at even state levels, we have to be careful in this case of saying we have a crisis and then putting in place policies that exacerbate the crisis. And I think we often get there because in, in the American city, in many American cities, we have shifted uh, to where we value theory over people. Right? I think we get caught in these well-meaning cycles where we say, look, as a city, we want to move in more carbon-friendly directions. By the way, Zach Genser thinks that we should. Cities are on the front edge of climate change and climate adaptation. Just ask the Republican mayor of Miami who won 73% of the vote in his election a year or two ago by saying that. Right? When you have these conversations at a city level, the dynamic changes, the dialogue changes, most people can recognize that this is not just a federal or a global issue. This is now a city's issue. So no argument from me there. But we have to establish what our priorities are. And sometimes, for love of theory and political checkboxes, and everybody does this, by the way, no picking on anybody, we can often go too far too fast to check a box while creating policy that pushes back on other things that we say are a priority. Like Jared Polis, the Democratic governor of Colorado, my concern right now in Tucson is that we are in a tipping point moment on housing. We still have a sliver of opportunity to make the right decisions to make housing more affordable, less expensive, and more accessible. You don't do that by adding excessive regulation and permitting and fees and requirements. You encourage it, you move in that direction, but I don't think you require it. And we have to be clear on these things. If the Democratic governor of Colorado did it, I think Tushan should do it and should realize uh, that this is not the moment in time where we make it more expensive and more hard to build new housing in Tucson. So this electric vehicle charging item is going to be up for a possible vote in July, uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but but look, this is not a zero-sum game, right? To, to not have these requirements doesn't mean you're not wanting to move in a more carbon-friendly direction. It just means that you're willing to phase in new things to not create price shocks in the near term that pushes back against what we hear is an agenda to create more housing that is affordable. Urban governance falls apart when we value theory over people, when we value politics over people. Hugh Hewitt up next, Bill Buckmaster at noon. We'll be back tomorrow. Our faith and culture contributor is with us. Ruben Navarrete gives us his view on national issues from his nationally syndicated perch here on the West Coast. Thanks for listening, Tucson. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe and cool out there. 
We'll see you tomorrow.